Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Hi there, I'm Linda Crater, and I'm very glad that you have joined us today. We have a wonderful program for you on tap because there are so many issues in life that, that come easily, and then there are things that come much more with much more challenge to it. And we're going to be talking today to Rosalind Rayfield, and she's coming to us from Australia, so you'll love listening to her, I can assure you. And we're going to be talking about the best chance of a natural conception as you're older and fertility and how to have a healthy and vibrant pregnancy. And so these are things that are are very simple for some women to do, but other women struggle mightily with this. And this is a show about hope. And this is a really wonderful way to learn some more details and consider a holistic view of fertility and conception. And Ross is an expert in this field. She's a registered uh, EFT practitioner, a dietitian, nutritionist, and an Ayurvedic consultant. And Rosalind, would love to welcome you to Wise Health for Women Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Linda. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I think that this topic can be so devastating for some women because it, conception, we, we all think that we're going to find it easy to conceive, but that's not always the case. And when you are in a position where you want to have children and are having challenges, there didn't used to be people like you years ago, coaches. You you either had the medical professionals um, who who tapped into do you have medical reasons, which of course they still do look into, but you present a different viewpoint. Can you explain a little bit about how you differ? Yes. So what I see is when women reach a certain age and they are trying to conceive, but it's not happening as quickly as they would like, women are referred very quickly um, to medical interventions and perhaps IVF or other assisted reproductive technology, which definitely might be warranted in some cases. But what I see a big opportunity for and where I hope to contribute my um, body of knowledge is the step before that where there is great opportunities for holistic treatments to bring the body back into balance and just allow the body to do what it naturally knows how to do, which is ovulate and conceive Mm -hmm. um, and have a healthy pregnancy. Now, I agree with that in theory, but until you know you're going to have problems, how do you know that they need you? Because don't people oh. generally come when they have a problem? Yes, that is so true, Linda. And we can work. So I do work with people who are trying to conceive but are having problems. And that's when most women do figure out that maybe there's something not quite in balance that we can tweak there. Some women do, like myself, <laughs> um, plan this in advance so they 
know that there are a lot of things that they can do in perhaps the six months or 12 months um, leading up to trying to conceive. So it really is for everybody, whether you know you might conceive in uh, the coming months or year or you're currently having problems um, mm -hmm. conceiving right now. And it can really be an emotional roller coaster. And finding someone who has walked the walk and can truly walk beside you must be a wonderful solace to many people who didn't know that, well, years ago this didn't exist. This is a relatively new um, field of taking a holistic view, a coaching view, a supportive view. Women have always supported women, but this one was almost the untouchable topic for many, many decades. Mm. Yes, that's a really good point. And I think that brings up uh, an issue that I see. I think women are starting to band together more where I think it has been lost in mm -hmm. past times where women pass down this really important information to other women. And I see now women forming groups where this information is now being shared that there are important things when it comes to fertility like um, our creative energy and our feminine energy and all these things that create a holistic view of fertility, you know, not just that medical uh, aspect. Well, there's something so terribly clinical about that that can really turn a natural, beautiful part of life into um, I don't know, a competition, a, 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 a long-term marathon. Um, pick something that makes you get tired just to think about. Um, yeah. and, and that makes it very, very difficult because there is an emotional toll, and especially if you're around a lot of people who are finding it very easy um, to conceive, it's, it's hard not to compare. Mm, I definitely agree. And when we try when we start thinking of conceiving, there is this strong biological drive that we have as women. Mm -hmm. uh, many women have that. So when it doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to, there are all these emotions that come up and there are expectations that we have on ourselves. We place timelines on ourselves that, you know, it needs to happen in this particular time frame and, mm -hmm. And when that doesn't happen, there are judgments on ourselves and others, you know, grief for mm -hmm. what may not be, um, uh, guilt around things that have happened in the past. And, you know, these are all the emotions that some of the, just a few of the emotions that come up for, for women. Well, and they can also affect how your body responds. I mean, stress and strain and guilt and expectations unmet or depression and all the hopes that are, are being put aside can actually create a lot of negative hormonal um, tendencies and emotional blocks, I'll put that. Talk about that because I think sometimes, you know, if you get wrapped around um, something that you feel so strongly about, you can actually deter it as opposed to support it. Mm, definitely. So just one point on that is that when we do 
have these strong emotions or we have anxiety or depression or um, experiencing any of these emotions around uh, conceiving, it can increase the stress hormones in the body. Now, when these stress hormones, um, cortisol and adrenaline, are chronically high in the body, it has a negative effect on our sex hormones Mm -hmm. to a point where it can literally stop your body's ability to conceive. So that's probably, uh, you know, a first line of, of action is just having a look at the stress in your body um, and how that might be creating uh, a physical block in the body to conception. Mm-hmm. But then we also look at how these emotions might be affecting the reproductive area. Um, and we know that when we hold strong emotions in our body, it can have a negative effect on particular functions and organs and just our body's functioning in general. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're right about the, the planning. If you, if you know that you're going to begin to conceive, you, you can plan. Um, but the best laid plans can. <laughs> what, what is the joke? You know, God laughs when you tell him your plans. And, you know, it, it can really be a rude awakening when that happens. So let's assume that you have taken all of the steps to make sure that you are ready, willing, happy. Um, you're, you're good to go. But it doesn't happen. That next phase, what are some of the other things that you can do um, to make sure that you, you obviously at some point have to bring in the medical team to find out that there's nothing mechanically wrong with you, but if let's assume everything is okay and it is stress, then what do you do in terms of physical activity and nutrition and um, supplements and things like that? Because you do look at a holistic view And I'm just curious as to what you would do differently, especially as a a nutritionist and Ayurvedic consultant and a dietitian. I mean, these are really wonderful practices. How do you employ them for this purpose? Well, I guess let's talk about nutrition firstly. And my point, I guess my, um, my view on nutrition is... There's a couple of different aspects to it, but firstly, we want to make sure that the body is getting all the nutrition that it needs. But to come at that from a holistic point of view, I'd really love, and I do love my clients to look at their diet in a way that they can really connect to Mm -hmm. and they can love their food that they're eating. They can infuse love into that and to create a healing type diet. So a diet that suits their body type perfectly because we know there is no one size fits all diet, Mm -hmm. Uh, but a diet that is healing and full of that love and, um, and, and good energy that we need to. What does that look like? So what that looks like is home cooked meals, um, Often it is um, meals that are warmer and easier to digest and nourishing for the body. So meals, just for as an example, meals that have a huge amount of raw components are very drying and depleting for the body. 
but meals that are quite warm and nourishing uh, act as as a healing um, and medicine for the body. I love that. We're going to have to go on a break, so I'm I'm going to stop you right there, and we'll continue after the break. But, you know, I'd never heard of a healing diet and the importance of the warm meal. It makes sense, but I had not heard about that. So we will be taking a short commercial break, and then we'll come back. We'll be talking more with Rosalind Rayfield about conception and the, the ways you can help yourself. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. The Mayo Clinic says that a healthy adult should have 2,300 milligrams of salt a day. Did you know that if you had four pieces of pork bacon this morning, you have already ingested over 1,000 milligrams of sodium? If you chose turkey bacon and only had three slices, you have already had over 1,140 milligrams of sodium. It's been reported that because of the drought, high feed prices, and other problems, we will be facing a shortage of bacon in the coming years. Even though bacon is one of America's favorite foods, it is loaded with sodium and saturated fat. The American Heart Association recommends reducing your consumption of saturated fats or replacing them with unsaturated fat choices. Choose to eat fresh fruit, yogurt, and whole grains for breakfast and skip the bacon. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. We are talking with Rosalind Rayfield, and I would love to learn more about this healing diet. Talk more about what that really means and looks like and why it is so very important that the body feel nourished and receptive and and some of those intangibles, but that do make a difference. Mm. So I touched earlier on the difference between a diet that could be perhaps depleting for the body uh, as opposed to uh, nourishing for the body. And we know that when our body is in quite a depleted state, it's going to be more difficult to become pregnant. So ideally, we want to create a diet that is nourishing and healing for the body. And what that looks like is, first of all, um, eating foods that are not so heavy and difficult for the digestive system to digest because what we want to have is um, 
meals where our body can absorb all that goodness from them Mm -hmm. and absorb all that nutrition. So that's probably the first thing to think about is, is the food easy for the body to digest? Um, Raw food, maybe not so much. Cooked food is definitely easier. Mm -hmm. The other thing... uh, which I touched on earlier as well, but also the the nourishing qualities of the food and uh, warm cooked food in particular is very nourishing for the body. And when we think about the kind of environment we're wanting to create in our body to welcome that new baby in, it is a warm, nurtured, nourished environment. So just trying to have those qualities in our meal um, is it goes a long way to creating um, a healing way of eating. And it's certainly not to say that you can't eat raw foods because they're very nutritious, but just not having um, too much um, of the types of foods that put a lot of stress. I am curious about the use of herbal supplements and things because sometimes people say that's a good thing to do. Others tell you, no, don't add anything extra to your diet. Um, What do you say? I say it's definitely an option and it's a, for many women, there will be some simple herbal supplements that they can add in to do a couple of things they can support the digestive system and they can also work on the hormones to start bringing a nice um, hormonal balance back into the body Mm -hmm. now before i'll talk about a couple of different ones that i know of but before you do start using herbal supplements um, or nutrient supplements as well it's best to work with a health professional on that to have a exact prescription worked out for you but there are um, beautiful herbs Uh, in Ayurveda we use ashwagandha Mm -hmm. which is an adaptogenic herb so it adapts to what your body needs and what balancing um, your body will need um, and in particular your hormone balancing there are also uh, Western herbs like Vitex that is extremely um, effective when it comes to fertility and balancing the hormones. You know, it, it really, when you, when you don't find it easy to conceive, you, you do have to look at all of these aspects, stress hormones, um, eating properly, supporting your nutritional systems, etc. There are also those who are, uh, say, problematic conditions. They're either elite athletes, and so they have sporadic uh, cycles, um, and and yet that may be such a part of their identity that you have to weigh one thing against another, and and that's difficult to make those choices sometimes. Mm, I definitely agree, Linda. It's often our lifestyle in our modern day lifestyle which is quite busy and as you mentioned for athletes that might have quite a rigorous training schedule Mm -hmm. um, but it may not be 
promoting um, fertility or that environment inside the body Mm -hmm. um, to become pregnant. So that's a very difficult thing for some women to to weigh up and uh, I think it's an extremely important time to get support with those emotions that come up because it can be, you know, I guess torn between two worlds and having to uh, give up some things um, in order to kind of create that environment mm-hmm. uh, to become pregnant. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's very true. Um, it, <laughs> what you want is often affected by the amount of life you're willing to give up to get it. So there, life is itself in balance and we have to kind of keep it as balanced as we possibly can. There's also a prevalence these days of diagnosis of gluten problems, um, uh, dairy problems, uh, mucus problems, um, endometriosis. And while those may make it more challenging, what do you suggest for those who may have these um, more specific diagnoses or, or conditions that make it more challenging for them to conceive? Mm. So I definitely want to acknowledge that there are certainly things that can make it more difficult for women to conceive. Um, And I'll just touch on the uh, gluten and the uh, dairy intolerance and the mucus problems, which is um, very real and it creates uh, inflammation in the body that can make it more difficult for uh, the body to conceive. Um, If there is congestion and mucus uh, in the reproductive organs and in the fallopian tubes Mm -hmm. it's very difficult for those uh, eggs to make their way down through the the fallopian tube and to become fertilized Mm -hmm. so while this is a real difficulty for some women there are there are strategies that can be put in place holistically um, as a precursor to medical treatments um, if that's uh, where they do decide to go. But, for example, we know that dairy increases mucus uh, in the fallopian tubes. So just simply uh, experimenting with a dairy-free diet can make a huge difference for some women Mm. and it may be the difference um, for them. Boy, wouldn't that be a simple fix? Yes, yes. And it may be for some women that, uh, you know, a gluten-free diet, um, if they do have that inflammation in their body and a dairy-free diet to look at the, the mucus, it might be that's all it takes um, for some women. Um, and in terms of other diagnoses like endometriosis, um, which is a very serious and, and quite common um, for women these days, uh, makes it much difficult, much more difficult to conceive. But there are certainly things that uh, diet-wise um, and also uh, physical treatments to break down scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, so really some beautiful holistic opportunities there for um for women who have actually experienced a diagnosis um, that may affect their fertility. Now, we talked earlier about, you you know, hormonal balance and stress hormones 
that are negatively impacting what you're trying to do, which is to conceive. And you're also an EFT practitioner, which is emotional freedom treatment or therapy. Some people mm-hmm. use the T differently. Um, how do you use EFT, which is a self-regulating uh, stress reliever for fertility? Okay, so wonderful question. Thanks, Linda. It's um, it's such an exciting uh, emerging area uh, for fertility. Now, what I would do for those who aren't familiar with um, EFT or tapping as it's um, commonly known it's sometimes described as acupuncture without the needles Mm -hmm. and it works on the meridians in the body and it's been shown in clinical trials to significantly reduce the stress hormones in the body Mm -hmm. so just I guess simply put how that affects fertility is when we can reduce those stress hormones we allow the body to return to its natural rhythms Uh, it allows the hormones to begin balancing and it allows the sex hormones to function as they should be functioning. Mm -hmm. The other wonderful thing that I do use EFT with with ladies is to look at uh, emotional aspects that are coming up Mm. with their journey of trying to conceive Um, And in particular, if there's any trauma that has come up for, um, you know, that might be being held in those reproductive um, organs because, Mm -hmm. as we mentioned before, we do hold emotion uh, in our body um, and for some women, they'll be holding that in their reproductive area. And if we can clear that, that has a huge benefit on fertility and the function of um, reproductive system doesn't it also help the emotional health to know that you're making the best possible practices for an optimal situation yes definitely and I think when you know especially for women who can have a diagnosis um, of something that's going to affect their fertility for example endometriosis that can set up a chain of emotional um, aspects or thoughts that really can leave women feeling like there is no hope but if we can change that around to know that there is options um, and there are holistic things that we can do um, lets women have that you know reassurance and confidence in her body again I think that's very important because I think, you know, we are what we perceive things to be or perception is also reality. And if you can create a positive emotional outlook, it, it does give you a better shot at the next steps, whatever those may be. So we're coming up on another break and we'll be back after short messages. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the forgotten areas of fertility. We're talking with Rosalind Rayfield from Australia, and we'll be back after these short messages. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's merging and we're 
known for a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of due to rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. Eighteen years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Searching for new words you never heard, I sometimes come across words from other countries that don't have English equivalents. For instance, culicino is an Italian word for the mark left on a table by a cold glass. Vault ein Zamkite is a German word for a feeling of solitude and connection to nature. Did you notice that Ralph Waldo Emerson's famous book is a part of the word? Kumorebi is a Japanese word to describe the way sunlight looks as it filters through the trees. Sobremesa is a Spanish word that refers to the period of time after a meal when you have conversations with the people you ate with. If someone tells you a joke so badly that you end up laughing at them instead of the punchline, they would be called a gaius in Indonesia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can help have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation about fertility and conception. And one of the things that is so miraculous to me is that our bodies are created to function in certain ways. And so really nothing that is in our body is off limits in terms of the the wonderful way it all works together. But this area I had not heard of. So I'd love it if you would jump right into the forgotten areas of fertility, which tie into passion and love and ovulation. Take it away. Okay. Thanks, Linda. So something that I see quite a bit with women when they're trying to conceive is they talk about uh, having to, you know, actually uh, make love or have sex with their partner can become quite a mechanical process when it's been, when they've been trying to conceive for months or years on end and they do uh know that it needs to happen at a particular time in the month it really can for many couples take away that love and the passion um the spontaneity and the spontaneity and that uh intimacy of that moment and what we know is uh, the body can spontaneously ovulate at particular times of the month, depending on um, each woman, in response to um, that feeling of love and passion and and desire and pleasure. Uh, so that is a really 
important factor that I think is forgotten a lot when we're talking about trying to conceive. You don't hear many men talking about it. You hear how they're on a schedule that it's it's come home now. Um, you know, the, the timing says that we must do this now. And, and it can take out the spontaneity and the, the joy and the pleasure and the intimacy, which is so important. So take it further. So if you can find a way to enjoy sex again um, in spite of the desire to get pregnant, talk about how that biologically is actually designed to help you conceive. Well, biologically, if we look at um, the way the human body is designed and the wonderful um, way the female orgasm has been designed is to actually function in a way that the cervix creates uh, functions in a way that helps the sperm move through the cervix into the uterus and up into the fallopian tubes so this is a really important factor in the entire um, process that helps the sperm actually get through into that last process into that last so why is this not talked about? Oh, well, I think it's become quite a medicalized process. Um, you know, once once a woman is has been trying for, you know, months or years and does eventually seek help in the area, I think I think these things are just naturally forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um which um, is quite, it's, it's a shame that, you know, we're not looking at the entire uh, process of creating new life and, and the joy and passion that, um, that really should be there. So I'm just curious, is this why you hear about so many people who they adopt a child and then when they're happy and whole and balanced again, they conceive naturally? Yes, you hear so many stories about women who um, either adopt or they've been, you know, going through IVF cycles and then decide to stop. And you know, they they go on holidays or they, you know, they just, you know, detach themselves from that outcome, mm-hmm. and it allows them to enjoy. Uh, their partner again in a way that maybe they haven't enjoyed in quite some time. Uh, And that really does have an effect uh, biologically um, in a woman's body. It's amazing. It's that mind-body-spirit connection. All of it is important Mm. to take place. And and I think that women are so busy. We are so planned. We, We have our you know, journey in mind as we go forward. Um, and when it, it goes off on a different path, that's, that's very disturbing for many people. And yet you're saying there are ways to balance the hormones, balance the nutrition, healing diet, um, reduce the inflammation, and, and really come back to pleasure being one of the calm and pleasure and, and even fun and joy in the physical act is is a large part of helping conception. Is that fair to say? 
Oh, definitely fair to say. And I loved what you said about the mind-body-soul connection. Mm -hmm. And we really can't separate the three of those Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to such a beautiful um, topic of creating new life. You know, we can't separate these things. And I also just wanted to touch on, which I don't think I mentioned, was there is a huge emotional toll for women, but a a toll on relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk more about that because I I think the man is often ignored in this equation quite a lot and Mm. yet they're half the equation. And so there is an emotional toll and and this can really break marriages up. It Mm. can cause rifts, um, resentment, um, even anger. And so the emotional toll is on both parties. How do you coach and counsel couples? Well, you're so right. It is just as important for men as it is for women. And they do really um, feel the emotional strain of trying to conceive. And there might, as you mentioned, there could be resentments there. There might be uh, guilt with either party that, they feel like their body is just not functioning the way they really expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's fears there of, you know, what might be or what might not be. And when, you know, there is this emotional uh, uh, aspect in relationships and a toll is taken on relationships, a lot of the time communication is broken down as well. So the couple is not communicating these fears or these expectations or these resentments uh, and that also creates blocks in the body so it creates physical blocks in the body uh, to block conception but it also stops that passion and the spontaneity that we spoke about before mm-hmm. um, and the joy that we really uh, would love to see that whole process of course you would um but it it is a very emotionally fraught process you know there's a lot of expectations put on couples by family members by Mm. friends uh and judgments and you know why don't you want children when it may be that you desperately want children but you're not going to air your conception difficulties um do you help women and men uh, talk to their friends during this time period so that that doesn't occur? Mm, Definitely. So I think it is very important uh, to be able to communicate this in a way to friends and family where, uh, and it may be choosing the particular friends and family that you share it with. I didn't know we could choose family. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm teasing, of course, but, but no, um, your friends are the family you choose yes. and your family is your family, good, bad, and indifferent. Yes, but it's important to have that support uh, from friends and family. Uh, I think it is extremely beneficial for women, even though they might be uh, quite apprehensive of sharing what's going on in this time for them to actually be able to share that and unload some of those emotions um, can be extremely freeing Mm -hmm. for them and it might 
be just certain friends that they do share with. Um, there might not be others. Um, they feel that they can't. But just kind of guiding women um, into a process of being able to openly communicate what's what's happening and um, so that's done in a positive way because we want to, of course, avoid, um, you know, judgments or any negative, any you know, to exacerbate that negative emotional um, energy that's already there. You know, I think it's also important to mention that that men often need support during this time period too, because mm-hmm. they are often forgotten, and when they talk to their friends, some may get it, some may not. But support for both parties is is really mm. important and valuable. Unless I'm off the mark, am I wrong? Oh, no, you're definitely not wrong. It is just so vital um, for men to have that support. And 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 yet men don't share as readily as women do. So it can be kind of a difficult topic for men to bridge. Mm, It is. It is such a difficult topic for some men um, because it's. I guess it's not something that often comes naturally to them to talk about these kind of topics. but yes, we know, we know that men definitely do experience those emotions as well. Um, well, just as she wants that. to become a mother, he wants to become a father. And so yeah. there's a lot of emotional impact to the whole process, wouldn't you say? Definitely, yes. It's one of the biggest aspects, yeah, in the whole journey. Do you ever pair... Um, couples with other couples somebody who's gone through it before and can support them and and say it it, you know stay with it Um, there is hope and there is a good outcome possible that's a really good that would be a really good opportunity I think that would be such a valuable um resource to or a valuable um situation to pair couples together Mm -hmm. to know that uh there is options and there is hope going forward. Um, and I think the Facebook groups are, um, I'm seeing this more and more um, in Facebook support groups as well, which is right. just wonderful to see that. We have our final break. So we're coming up on our final break and we will be back after these messages. You're listening to Rosalind Rayfield and she'll be right back with us. Don't go away. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's marching down the Did you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics? Yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. 
Perfume comes from the Latin perfumum, which means through smoke. Eau de Cologne comes from the name of a town in Germany where this type of perfume originated. The French say the only reason to wear perfume is to attract the opposite sex. Oh, and never ask a French woman what scent she wears, as they prefer to keep it hugger mugger or secret. Perfumes are generally made from bits and bats of different materials that have unique scents. You know, if women are trying to attract men, why do we wear perfume that smells like flowers? I think we'd get more guys if we smelled like bacon. The best advice for applying perfume is just a dabble do. What's a word for a trifling amount? Hitherx sans kitterax. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never ever heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back, and we are in our final segment, and I want to make sure, Roz, that you get out everything that you want people to know on an umbrella basis. Of course, you can't unload your entire brain of knowledge out here in a one-hour show, but talk about the tips or holistic suggestions that you would make to support both men and women. Um, first, you know, primarily women, I imagine, because our audience is mostly female, but what you would do and offer as suggestions for people to do to optimize their opportunity to conceive? Okay, so there are a few really uh, very simple things that can make a huge difference to a woman's fertility, her ability to conceive. And one of the really simple basic things um, is our use of sunshine and how incredibly healing the sun can be for our body. Uh, now, in particular, we're wanting to get sunshine into our eyes, um, not direct, uh, not looking directly at the sun, but just uh, sunshine into our bare eyes without glasses or sunglasses or contact lenses um, in the early morning or late afternoon, early evening when the sun is gentle. And that... Um, balances our um, pituitary gland, which then allows the hormones to balance. So often there might be a situation, for example, when a woman um, is just going about her usual day, and sometimes I've noticed this happens for me as well, where I leave the house in the morning, um, I don't see sunlight, I'm at work and <laughs> coming home Sounds so familiar. Right. I just don't see any natural sunlight in that day. And I think this is much more common um, than uh, we sometimes realize. And just sun in itself can be the one thing that does turn things around um, for a woman. And especially then we've got the vitamin D aspect as well. Uh, which is also an essential component when looking at uh, conceiving. So let's assume that you have tried all of these um, different methods that you have mentioned, but you're going to go try IVF. How do you support a woman going through that process and the couple actually? Mm. So if a woman is uh, going through IVF, 
um, or any other assisted reproductive um, mm-hmm. treatment, there is a huge amount of emotional support that is needed. So I'd really be using EFT here to bring down uh, stress hormones in the body, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to then have knock-on effects uh, in terms of the body being able to produce um, those eggs before collection mm-hmm. um, and also just giving the body uh, nourishment. So we'd be looking a lot at nutrition and healing through the diet mm-hmm. to nourish that area of the body, um, to build a, a healthy endometrial lining mm-hmm. for uh, once fertilisation takes place. Uh, So there are many aspects to this holistic uh, program that is, of course, important for women trying to conceive, but also it only has benefits if you are going through IVF as well um, in every aspect, um, physically, emotionally, the body's ability to produce uh, the eggs um, and so on, yeah. So as you're, you're supporting someone who's going through this, as I said, an often roller coaster uh, journey to conceive, and it goes on a long time, and hope begins to be lost, how do you work with someone who may not conceive, and how do we um, adjust our own minds to a change in the thought of our future that we once thought would be different? Mm, that's a really good point, Linda, and very important. Uh, I think in the entire process of trying to conceive, we want to get our mindset to a place. And this, I do acknowledge that this can be one of the most difficult things because women often have this strong biological um, desire for children. So changing our mindset around this is not an easy task. Mm-hmm. But to begin to try and change the mindset to know that, yes, you do want to conceive, but if you can, detaching from that outcome and being able to um, envisage your future with all different outcomes and not just being attached to this one particular outcome. Mm. It's not necessarily saying, I don't want that anymore and I don't care if that happens. It's just being... Um, having that detachment from it, which can actually then allow the body to um, respond to, to respond to that and to balance itself and to then and to then become pregnant. So mm-hmm. it sounds strange to say detach from the outcome, but in doing that, you can then uh, you know allow the body to to do its what it naturally wants to do. But isn't it true when we do sometimes detach from an outcome, whether it is something as serious as conception or as small as a a professional dream or something, that that it often happens naturally then because Mm. your your body has gone into a balance. I, I love your part where you said you help people to manage all potential outcomes so that they will have thought about all of those outcomes, of course, hoping for what they're wishing for the most, but but it isn't a total shock to consider the alternative. 
Mm. So you're preparing, aren't you? Yes, you're preparing and you're knowing that there is so much joy in life, you know, and to start to experience that and to look forward to different parts of life that um, may not be just this dependent on this one outcome Mm -hmm. allows you to return back into the flow of life, the flow of um, of of everything about um, enjoyment of, of of what you enjoy. Mm. Well, and you you go back to enjoying the relationship that brought you together in the first place, and yes. that is often so critically important because if you lose that joy, then and you don't conceive, then you you probably have two really unhappy people who have lost. Um, the, the opportunity to mm. be together and still enjoy one another for the very reasons that they did originally. And I want to make sure people know where they can find out more information about you, your services, and what you offer. So where do they go to find that information? Uh, so the best place is my website, which is www.roslynrayfield.com. Now spell Rosalind for people. It's R-O-S-L-Y-N and Rayfield is R-A-Y-F-I-E-L-D. Okay. Um, you mentioned face group books, uh, groups before. Is this something you recommend? Definitely. Uh, there are a lot of Facebook groups that are support groups for trying mm-hmm. to conceive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm just seeing some beautiful community and women getting support from other women uh, who are in that exact same situation. And I think that is just so important uh, to be able to speak with other people that understand the emotions and, and what's going on for you at this time. Well, you mentioned sun. I'm, I'm thinking that you live on the sunny Gold Coast in Australia. So you should just really host people there. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they would be able to really have a much better outlook on things. And, and I will come first, although I don't wish to have a baby at this point. But I, I, just, I laughed at that, though. But I love the way you have combined the EFT, the dietitian, the nutritionist, and the Ayurveda to bring all these skills together because when you empower and support women, I think you give them the best chance for uh, a natural conception. And as we talked about in the very beginning, a healthy and vibrant pregnancy. Anything else you would like to add for our listeners? We have about two and a half minutes. Um, I think I just love to remind women or encourage women to remind themselves if they are trying to conceive that they're doing an amazing job and to keep going and to remember that your body can do it and there are holistic alternatives um, out there uh, for you to explore. I was just going to say, I think having this holistic time of not taking a medicalized approach to conception but taking it individually is really really important so i i love the way you take a look at this whole thing and make a a big difference in people's lives Mm. well the fantastic thing about the holistic approach is it is working 
towards this goal of conceiving but transforming women's lives in the process with their health and their feeling of well-being and uh, everything um, not just not just this one goal of of conceiving mm-hmm. which is just wonderful well and I, th- I think that's the important thing that we want to stress after this it is a really good point that you know you you are a whole person and you are doing the very best you can. And so it is a, a very interesting process. And I'm so glad that there are people like you out there to support women. And again, you can go to rosalind.rayfield.com. And Ros, thank you for sharing this very holistic approach to an emotional and, and wonderful process for women. And just really glad to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda, for having me. It's been wonderful. Well, it's just a pleasure to to talk to someone from the sunny Gold Coast. I'm just going to dream about that right now. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. We'll be back next week with another great topic and wonderful guests. We are so pleased that you've joined us. Come back again next week. We'll be here. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.